Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance. This is Dr. Nick Perugini. I'm joined today with Dr. Ray Carr. Hey, how's everyone doing today? Dr. John Herding. Hey, guys. What's going on? It's weird being on the other side here. Our current student on clinical, Troy. What's up, guys? And Coach Rob Rubina. What's going on, everyone? We're still in the midst of COVID-19 quarantine, so we're all together here on our Zoom call. And uh, today's topic, we're talking about integration of care and management uh, for our clients. And, you know, what, one of the things that uh, we want to talk about today is how, you know, we as physical therapists or coaches are collaborating and working together with strength coaches, sport coaches, on the management of the people that we're seeing um, for a variety of, of different reasons. And, you know, what we've seen and what we've had an issue with uh, in the past is that there was a disconnect between how, you know, physical therapists and coaches are, are working together uh, for the best interest of our athlete and of our patient. And, you know, we, we believe that having this integrated approach uh, or, or client-centered, athlete-centered approach is really a win-win for all disciplines and most importantly, the client. So what we want to do today is what John kind of talk about how he has grown, you know, previously the training room, now precision performance into, you know, an, an operation uh, business, really, that is athlete-centered approach and prioritizes collaboration and communication between all disciplines. So, John, we'll let you Thanks, take Nick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, got it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always been, I mean, we all, we take pride in our, our ability to collaborate. And the way that we've been able to kind of grown is thinking, grow is thinking outside the box of traditional medical care having to be led by um, physicians guiding patients' decision-making process, right? And I, and I think when I, when I started, when I opened the, um, the training room of Garnet Valley, it was where, what, what is my ideal customer avatar? And I think anybody starting a business has to, um, and that's, that's the first thing most business mentors will say is, who is your ideal client, right? And my ideal client was always active individuals and athletes. Um, and where are those people? Those people, for the most part, are at, CrossFit gyms, they're at performance facilities, they're at boot camps. Um, they're, you know, the my ideal client was somebody working out, someone who's motivated, someone who wants to continue to work out through an injury process, um, and who doesn't like to stop being active for a variety of reasons. Um, and from there, with the background of being in personal training, in corporate fitness in some you know strength and conditioning with athletes before um i noticed that there was a gap in 
therapy, physical therapists or medical professionals in general that understood where active individuals, what they were doing, what they were trying to get back to. Um, because I do believe that some, that in order to understand where an athlete is, you have to have been there or you have to understand the process. And, and I, I saw a gap of knowledge in that through the medical community. So I started connecting with gym owners, um, whether it was a high school strength coach at local private school or a local CrossFit gym or a local boot camp, just started communicating with these coaches on a, you know what, we're here to support you. We're here to keep people in the gym. This is my knowledge base, which I think uniquely, uniquely qualifies me to help people stay in your gym. Um, this is how we can make it happen. Um, the clients putting patient first in understanding what their wants and needs are um, and then coordinating with the coach who guess what probably has a better relationship with that person than I do because if someone's been going to a boot camp or working out with a personal trainer for three years and then they get hurt and they come to see me for one two three four visits and then they're going back to that person I'm just a small snippet in in that person's you know lifestyle so um just seeing understand this trainer has this huge and i know and um a huge and and defense in injury prevention and injury and helping people get over injury um and respecting their knowledge a lot of times better coach than I am or they've coached more movement than I have just because of the sheer volume that they see understanding their value um, has gone a long way in opening up lines of communication where I think traditionally what I've seen is medical professionals are, are largely ego driven sometimes and don't expect that um, a lot of these movement professionals have and I think just allowing them to be part of the process helps them feel involved and helps their clients feel like there's a team around them, which um, just helps everyone in the long run. Right. And it, and, it, and it sounds like John, you know, traditionally, you know, in a traditional model, there is a disconnect between, you know, what's kind of happening in that rehab space, right. And what's happening out of practice, what's happening in the group fitness model with that person. And what you're trying to say is that, hey, you know, we can go through an assessment, we can find, you know, the low hanging fruit to work on and fill in, you know, the sport coach, fill in the strength and conditioning coach on some things or a framework for them to work within to keep the athlete, you know, in that setting and moving in the right direction. Right. I think if you look at what, if you're looking at active individuals or athletes, what settings are these people getting the best results in? You might think that they're getting the best results in a college or a professional setting where they have the medical team, they have the athletic trainer, they have the strength coach, they have the sport coach, hopefully all on the same page to get the athlete back on the field as quickly as possible. And you, that doesn't happen or rarely does that happen in the private sector. Like if an athlete gets hurt in a professional, on a professional team, the, the athletic trainer sees them, 
sees the physician, physician and the rehab team, including the strength coach are on the same page to how can we get this person back on the field as quickly as possible. And, and where in the private sector are you seeing that? I don't, right. I don't think there's many places where you're seeing that where the person gets hurt in a group exercise class and immediately they have a team around them to get them back to doing that as quickly as possible. Right. Right. And I think that's what we've tried to create to achieve the best possible outcomes. And in the long run, it saves the client money. It makes the gym money. It makes the PT money and it, reduces strain on the medical system yeah absolutely. i think it also it also keeps the athletes in the gym and on the field right um i could speak to this a little bit because where i was in virginia we were just a clinic right but we worked very closely with several teams um and it's it's weird because you're so close to the strength coaches right you're so you're so close to the pitching coaches but yet it's, you seem so far away when they're not right there. Um, and I think that was the, I mean, just how John mentioned, I mean, what, you know, you guys, we have created at MSI with Precision Performance PT is really unique in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and rare. I think it's only the high level, like private sector, you know, like institutions like maybe Champion or Cressy or, you know, that are, doing maybe something similar to what we're doing or Fisher out in Arizona. Like, you know, I mean, I, there's, there's more than that, obviously, but I still think it's pretty unique and rare. Ray, you know, obviously we're working with a lot of, you know, baseball players in our facility. You know, we're fortunate enough to have some great coaches alongside of in this, on the strength conditioning side with Rob, but also, you know, with our sports specific coaches, you know, George Zirkel, you know, pitching coordinator uh, at, at MSI. You know, George is frequently coming in and out of our clinic. You know, we're having conversations, you know, in front of our, our, our patients um, about, you know, their current status, right, where we think, you know, they should be going, what their trajectory looks like on a throwing program, on their daily, weekly workouts. You know, what are, what are some of the conversations that you're having with George, uh, for example, on, you know, some of the things that you're finding in your sessions and how you're communicating that with George on how our patients or clients should proceed? Well, I mean, one thing that we've recently, uh, so George has been using like, you know, before like an Andrews throwing program, George is going like straight to weighted balls now, right? And I mean, we've had discussions about this, uh, you know, we had a client where maybe post-operatively, um, it was a post-op labrum, uh, beginning to throw, and I think a little bit too much stress with the weighted balls, just a little too early. So just in terms of, like, modifications, like, I made a simple modification to go to a tall kneeling or half-kneeling position just to limit the amount of rotation and torque on the shoulder and, like, problem solved. So, you know, I think, you know, those are conversations, you know, how can, just like we have with Rob, like, you know, how can we make a modification? Like maybe one of Rob's athletes coming down to us with an elbow issue, you know? So like maybe we have to make some modifications to like his upper extremity stuff or like, you know, we have those conversations. Um, I think it's all for the betterment of the athlete. And ultimately I think you're going to get the best outcomes with that. Right. kind of. Right. And, and Rob, you know, from, from your side of things, you know, in, in your experiences working, you know, in, in integrated places or integrated settings, 
you know, what are some of the, what are some of the benefits of, you know, having that open line of communication uh, at any time during the day, being able to come downstairs, you know, check in on an athlete, um, get some updated information from the PT side of things or side of things, and then how that's going to influence, you know, what your session looks like and what your day-to-day operation for that athlete looks like. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's vitally important to, to not only mention that I think it's, it's a, it's a must have for any trainer to have relationships with physical therapists. If you think you can do this on your own, you're, you're not going to be successful. Um, for example, I was at MSI for, I think at least a year before, before John started. And, and, you know, I think, I think obviously, you know, we came to the realization that, that there's a, a, a gaping hole in our model and, and, and the hole in the model was the injury and the return to play and, and the, the care for people that are in pain. You know, all those things are, are so important to, to athlete programming and to keeping athletes happy, healthy, and on the field. So I think, like, I don't know if – I just think it's so important to have a good team of people in your area, in your network, in your facility, however you're set up. You know, if you're in a college, if you're a personal trainer, commercial gym, you know, if you're at a facility that has access, you know, to, to a sport coach, whatever the setup is, like, make sure you have a network because that network, that network is not only going to make you successful, it's going to make your outcome successful. So I just wanted to throw that, throw that out there real quick, Nick. But and, um, yeah, John. No, you got, I was just going to say, you, you can continue. That's fine. Cause I was going to say, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> um, and Nick, I, I kind of forget your question, but I think, I think pretty much your question was just like, how do, how do we, how do we integrate? Um, pretty much right yeah yeah i mean yeah like you know having that resource you know having that resource and integrated model what does that allow you to do right what are the what are the benefits out of that yeah uh, i think i think the first benefit is is for example you know if someone if someone gets hurt whether on the field in the facility what when or wherever they get hurt you know i can best recommend them to you guys or to a, any other PT that, 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 that can help them. You know, it, it's just, it's just like, for example, like I think I, I find myself playing quarterback a lot, you know, like, Hey, like, I think your fix is therapy. I think you need more sport coaching. I think you need a change in training program. You know, I think you need whatever to go see a doc, whatever it might be. Like, you know, you, you have to play quarterback to be able to help the person and having the resources to send them to is only going to help the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why that's the, the major benefit is, is client outcomes. Client outcomes are better when you have the team and the people around you to make your program successful. You know, my training program is successful because you guys are around me, because I have good sport coaches around me. And, and it's not just my training program. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's a good point, Rob, because I think the relationships we have with you – um, but then I also want to touch on how we make it work with some of the other coaches that are not in-house that we deal with. But that's a huge point, Rob, where I think we look, I think I can speak for Ray and Nick as well, where our relationships with coaches make us look good and make us, when we brag about our average plan of care is four visits, 
I do think we do good work, but I also know it's because of the coaches that we integrate with. Right. Like I'm not yeah. naive to think that when we see someone once a week for four weeks and they're with their coach for another two or three times that week, it's the coordination of the care that makes us look really good. Yeah. It's John. I think that's a really good point is like, again, traditional model. Hey, you need to see me for three times a week for six weeks. And what we're, what we're trying to do is saying, Hey, you know, once a week, we're going to gather some information, right? We're going to give some ownership and responsibility to the coach, right? Um, the, and the, or the strength staff or wherever it might be um, and let them carry out some of the plan and the framework, which we've established based on our findings. Uh, and again, I, I think one, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a win-win for the, the PT side, the strength staff and the client. I don't think people generally want to be in physical therapy that much, right? So if we can keep people in a setting where they feel, you know, comfortable and it's normal for them, that's definitely, definitely a win for, for everyone. Well, so, so Nick and Ray, how do you guys, like we, we obviously are super lucky to have Robin House, who's a great coach. Um, but at the beginning, I talked about how we integrate with some of the other gyms in the community. How are you working with um, our relationships that are offsite where we might not be able to, because this speaks to Rob's point where there's going to be a lot of trainers, a lot of gyms that need to find their good PT, good chiropractor, good relationships and network of people, but they're not going to be lucky enough to have everyone in house where they can just step into the, the gym area or the medical area to talk. Like how are you guys working these relationships with some of the gyms and the boot camps that aren't necessarily in house when you need to have discussions and make sure that we integrate? Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, you know, I, I would say that a big population that I'm working with are, you know, functional fitness, CrossFit, performance-based sports. And, you know, I know, I think one of the, one of the things that I'm doing often is I'm communicating with someone's coach. Um, uh, I'm giving them a framework to work within for a period of time. So if I suspect that I'll be seeing someone, you know, once a week for four weeks, and I've established um, or have found, you know, some provocative movements or sensitizing movements. So I'm going to say, hey, here, here are some kind of things that we should be deloading for this period of time, okay? Instead of those things, here's what we're going to do um, in place, okay? And here's how we can program this out uh, in a group setting or uh, at an individual level, you know, here are the things that we are going to be addressing in person, just so you know. Um, but again, during this period of time, I recommend that we deload de this type of movement. If it means overhead pressing or bilateral squatting, uh, it could look like something like that. And instead, we're going to be supplementing in, you know, four weeks of a linear periodization of a half kneeling landmine press, four weeks of box squatting above parallel at 70% you know, four weeks of unilateral um, lower body lunging or step-ups for that matter. When we're in our sessions, we're going to be working, we're going to be maybe doing some hands-on work um, around those area, trying to improve range of motion, uh, et cetera. So, you know, it, it kind of communicating, hey, here's what I would like to work on in person. You know, in the meantime, while you are, you know, overseeing, you know, their program, here are some things maybe that we're going to hold off on here are some things that you can add uh, into their program to keep them moving and keep them, you know, active. 
Yeah, I love everything you said there, Nick. Um, I think, like, for me, I think it all starts with just building a relationship with that gym owner, um, whether it's You have to establish the relationship with the gym owners, with the coaches. Um, and then I think communication is huge, right? Like coaches, PTs, like we're not really doing what's best for the patient if we're not communicating uh, like we need to be. Um, and then I, like Nick said, like modifying, like, like all athletes, all gym owners want their athletes to stay in the gym. Like Rob, you want you guys to stay on the field, stay in the gym. Um, so I think there's a lot of value in showing them a way to do that through modifications, not taking the gym from them, not taking, telling them to go be sedentary, keeping them in the gym and just modifying and kind of working around the issue until it's the solution solved. You know what I mean? Um, and then ultimately I think, you know, you got to show value. And I think the best way to do that is to get good outcomes. And I think, all those things kind of combined will help you lead to better outcomes. Um, but good outcomes down comes down to just good decision-making, good communication, um, good coaching in that way. So, so what does that look like for you guys? Like, obviously we, we go upstairs, we talk to Rob, Rob comes down and we just have a face-to-face -face discussion, but are you emailing people? Are you calling people? Are you doing that right when the patient leaves? Um, how's, how are typically you maintaining those connections and keep and keeping open lines of communication um, with coaches that are offsite? Yeah, uh, for me, I just recently, uh, the quarterback that was referred down from New York, a D1 quarterback, uh, I spoke to the offensive coordinator and the strength coach after every session with him and uh, have been in continued communication uh, through the whole quarantine process for them up in New York. Uh, with the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's going to vary with different coaches. Like, um, at, you know, the one CrossFit gym I work mostly with, uh, you know, like I posted today, uh, just my calendar link and, you know, got one hit on it for a free 15 minute consult, you know, so just trying to, you know, keep your face present and seen um, just to keep that uh, relationship alive and striving. Yeah, really, really good, good stuff there, right? Yeah, and, and again, I think with the gyms that we're more familiar with, it's not uncommon for me to send an email, uh, a text, or even schedule a call with, uh, with some of the coaches. You know, there have been situations where I'm communicating with coaches that I've never met before. And for example, you know, work, working with, uh, you know, a, a figure skater, for example, where I've never, you know, talked to, talked to you know, the owner of the of the figure skating company or coach, but, you know, being able to introduce myself, um, talk about my experiences uh, and learn more about what, how they're op, you know, how their business operates, uh, understanding what their practice schedule looks like, what their strength conditioning looks like. And then based off that, giving my recommendations on, you know, how this athlete or client should proceed again, you know, what are some things to limit? What are some things that we're going to work on in the meantime? And here are some markers that I would like to see hit before we reintegrate back into their normal routine. Yeah, I think texting a lot too, honestly. Um, a lot of coaches, a lot of gym owners. Um, I know you guys are, are in contact with just as many um, via text, you know, simple text to update status on the patient. Um, and kind of some guidance on their direction for their care. Um, really simple, doesn't take much time. 
what can go a long way. So Rob, what does ideal communication look like for you? If like, if you're not dealing with, with us in the same building and you're working with a medical professional with a distance client or somebody um, you're referring, what is, as a strength coach, what are you looking for in good communication from a medical professional? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 probably the most common way that, that I get communication is if I get communication, probably most of the time it's me reaching out to the therapist. Okay. Or me reaching out to the, to the sport coach. Right. Um, so I think if I do get a communication, it's maybe a phone call initially. It's only initially. It's like, Hey, you know, this is what we've been doing. You know, it's, it's again, it's usually me asking the questions, me asking, Hey, what have you been doing? Where do you want them to go to? What issues did you run into? You know, um, um, whatever you know just kind of touching base and getting a, a good idea as to what they've been doing so i can continue what they've been doing and bring it to a whole nother level um so I, again i i would like and wish that there was another follow-up three weeks two weeks four weeks whatever and and, and initial follow-up just to just to check in or see what's going on or Hey, maybe they can help me again and help guide my program a little bit more. Um, you know, so I, I wish there was a, a better initial call, email. Hey, this is how this is how they tested. You know, I, I usually like to communicate post my like after I do an evaluation, so I have data and numbers to kind of bring to them and say, hey guys, like this is what I'm seeing, like asymmetries or range of motion or lack of strength or whatever. So just we get that we can have a conversation about the person. Hopefully they agree with what I saw. They can add to things that I didn't see, you know, from whatever, um, whatever it might be. So I, I think I think having a good initial call, a, a mid or a follow up call, um, is is always is always the best way to go um, when when I'm communicating with with a therapist or a coach and and you know just sending videos or you know if I'm working with a sport coach. You know, would love to, to get to get videos of the person. Hey, let me see how they're moving during your throwing session or during your hitting session. You know, that's that's ways that I can kind of keep up with the coach and hey, I can maybe provide that sport coach information. That way they see value in my phone call with them. And it's not just, hey, like this is what this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I think I think pictures and videos can be really beneficial too. Like especially if you're if you're maybe you know, describing a certain exercise or looking at the thing that is the thing, you know, and, and kind of, you know, adding some commentary uh, via, via text um, and kind of describing what we're seeing and what we're working on in that exercise or in that drill. I think that can be very valuable as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have done that in the past. I do have a question for Troy. <laughs> I was just about to go off of Rob's. Um, yeah. I think you brought up a great point. Um, it's important to get collaboration, but it's important to keep that collaboration going because in physical therapy, our patients are making progress and ultimately the goal is to get them back to exercising, to participating in their sport, moving, whatever. And we need to collaborate through that process so that the coach or the trainer can help integrate that into what they're doing in that facility just to speed along the whole rehab process and get them back to what they're doing. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wins when that happens. 
when, you know, when isn't it, when is it appropriate for a coach to refer someone to physical therapy or to get, you know, further, you know, get a, get a further look on someone, you know, and, and what are the benefits from the coaching perspective of doing that? I, I, I think the, the, it's appropriate if, you know, I, this is going to be controversial for some people, but I don't think necessarily pain means refer out, right? I think when you're not able to tweak something, and Rob, this is where your input's good, when you're not able to see the movement fall and tweak something to relieve pain, or you're testing a range of motion and it's a, a painful end feel or a, a hard end feel or something where you just know it's not right, refer out. And sometimes experience dictates that. And maybe as you move further in your career, maybe you referred out more, Rob, when you're early in your career, but now with a little bit of experience, you know when this is outside, this pain is outside of my scope, right? Um, no doubt, John, no doubt. I think that's, so a, that's a good point. I think, yeah, I think one of the best indicators would be performance. Like you might have a kid that's feeling a little bit of pain like pre or post uh, workout or uh, post like playing a sport. Um, but ultimately I feel like if you start to actually see like performance decline, like affecting them while playing, while in the gym, like, you know, like Rob, if you see they can't even pick up a trap bar because their elbow hurts, like, you know, those are things that are like limiting factors now that I feel like, all right, maybe it's time to refer. But I agree with John. Like, I don't think, you know, I think we're all going to have pain, you know, like, I don't think you can use that, but I think performance is a great indicator. Yeah. I also, I I also too, guys, I think, I think each trainer is going to be a little bit different, you know, based on your experiences. Um, you know, I think from, from, from my perspective, again, I'm not claiming to be a physical therapist, but if, if, if there is pain, whatever the kind of pain it is, you know, let's, let's try based on my knowledge to, to help this person through any means necessary, a program modification, technique changes, load changes, different exercises, um, whatever you want to call it, mobility drills, breathing drills, whatever, try something, right? Try an intervention. If it gets better, continue. If it doesn't, refer. Um, that, and that's kind of just knowing your skill set. Like, you know, I'm kind of uniquely based where I have a decent idea as to what's going on with a lot of people's movements, right? That I think I can help them. I also know my place and say, hey, like, I, I can't help you. Like, you need to go see someone. You know, so I think it's kind of knowing your skill set and knowing, you know, if you think you can help this person or not. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant at all. I'm just saying, like, hey, like, you think you know what you can do and then you know what you can't do. You know, this has been going on for a couple of days. Go, go see someone. You know, oh, it just happened. Let's, let's try a little bit of this. Let's try a little bit of that. You know, I think the client appreciates that, that, that initial help as well from the client perspective. You know, if you're just like, oh, like, you're hurting, like, I can help you. Go see someone else. Like that can come off as like not you not caring. I think you have to do a, enough to show that you care, but also know also know your place. Yeah, I, I think one thing from like uh, just to touch on that, like that I love that you do, Rob, from a communication. Like going back to the communication that we talked about amongst like different coaches, PTs, uh, strength coaches. Like when you come down, a lot of the times, you know, you're like, yeah, right. I tried this, this, that. Like, you know, that's more information for us as physical therapists that can just better help guide that patient's care. Yeah. 
you've got, you know, there's, there are going to be two, two things that happen right when you refer out, you know, one, you're going to go to physical therapy and, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're not finding anything and we just think, Hey, this is, this is something minor, you know, you're going to be okay. Um, and we get you feeling better and it's quick. And guess what? Now coach looks awesome for like making sure we check the box and making sure it's not anything serious. We've got some things to work on. Here's what we can do to make this feel better right now. You know, the second thing is that, Hey, this is serious and it it does require, you know, more medical attention. Right. And again, props on the coach for trusting, you know, your, your instinct that, Hey, something was not right here and we got you to the right place, you know, at the right time with the right people. So now we can start to, to problem solve and get down to the root of this. So again, you know, I think Raleigh, you made some great points there, you know, show some effort at first and, you know, let's make some changes. Let's try and problem solve. And when it doesn't feel right and things are not changing as you would expect them to change, it's time to, to look at um, some further uh, intervention. Right. And then the, the, the initial follow-up after that conversation is, is huge. Like, Hey Rob, my shoulder hurts. What can I do? You know, clients present, present that to me all the time you know it might present as hey rob do you have any shoulder stretches for me you know so you have to kind of understand what the client's asking you and 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 you could show them whatever you think is best you could just just as simple as test their range of motion you know and if their range of motion is not matching their initial something's going on you know let's get a second opinion kind of thing that's an easy way for you just to have a reason and then you have a con- you call or have a conversation with your therapist hey we lost range of motion painful at 30 degrees of internal rotation whatever the conversation is um you know and then that way you you can then help that person as as, as best you can awesome awesome sounds like big takeaways from today right having this integrated model you know keeping the athlete centered approach allows for everyone to win, right? Allows for the client to win. Most importantly, the rehab, the strength coach, the sport coach allows everyone to, you know, keep uh, moving in the right direction, being on the same page. Uh, And again, you know, we're fortunate at, in our facility with precision performance and at Maple Zone that that we're in the same building, you know, with the same working hours. We can easily hand off an athlete from PT to strength to sport. We have the luxury of being able to do that for our other athletes who are in the group fitness setting or, or in uh, sports. Again, a call can go a long way an email, a text um, after the initial assessment two, four, four weeks later um, in, in Ray's case, even from session, session to session, being able to have this open line of communication again, allows everyone to be on the same page and allows ultimately the client to experience, you know, optimal outcomes and get back to doing whatever it is that they need to be able to do. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Training Room Talk powered by Precision Performance. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Um, As always, thanks for tuning on. We'll be seeing you guys next week on Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance. Did you know we now offer personalized remote programming, one-on-one video telehealth sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals?
If you're interested in any one of these, please email John at J-O-N at precisionperformancept.com and he can help you get started today.